Ladies and gentlemen, the party is back. The family is back together. It is Friday. It's the round table. Sitting down. Beautiful weather in Nova Scotia. Proudly brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. And, of course, your friends over at Highland Custom Builders. Your vision built custom. Jen, how is the day treating you? Not so bad. I actually had an early morning on a session. And I got home, had a coffee, and then had a nap. <laughs> Must be nice. Mr. Outridge, how's Friday treating you? You napping it away too or what? Uh, well, unfortunately, no. I'm not in that uh, that type of situation today. But uh, it's Friday. It's uh, Offside Hockey Talk recording day. Glad to be talking to my two fake peeps. And, uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying the day with the kiddos today, actually. So it's, uh, it's a relaxing one, I could say. Somewhat, you know, twin girls running around. there's nothing wrong with that actually this weekend we have a weekend off ourselves no weddings no deliveries no nothing so the family business is quiet i cannot wait there you go so there's lots that's gone on obviously jen since we've last had a round table me and kyle got into the atlantic division the other day but i want to ask the question guys if you played for a hockey team and you expected you know to give your best to be the best player you are you go into the bubble you do really well, you know, you light it up, you become the player that of old, um, you know, you ride shotgun with a guy that wears 88, um, you have stalwarts on defense and a goaltender that's rebounding, um, and then all of a sudden that goaltender shipped out, and it looks like you're rebuilding, but nobody's talking to you. Um, how would you feel as that player, and, and would you sound off like one Jonathan Taves did against the Chicago Blackhawks? Jen, I'll ask you first. Are we talking about Rask? No, we're talking about uh, Corey Crawford getting shipped out of uh, oh. Chicago and then yeah. uh, Jonathan Taves coming out and saying that him and Patty Kane, Duncan Keith, and Seabrook didn't understand that they were going through a rebuild. Nobody really uh, nobody really broached them. And I want to know from you guys, should players yeah. be broached with this? I mean, especially guys, I don't mean just your run-of-the-mill players. These guys have been there for three cups. They've been the centerpieces of the team, and now they're expected maybe to sit back and go through a rebuild with Malcolm Subban. Not saying Subban's not a good goalie, but I'm wondering, do you guys think that uh, those players have a right to be a little upset and sound off like they have? 120,000%. Especially when it's your when you're, when it's your team, like your franchise players, like, like Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. Um, I mean, if you don't have a sit-down and at least give them a heads-up, or even just take it and ask them what their thoughts are. Let them feel like they're part of the team. I mean, you can't really pull a fast one over these players and expect them to be happy, especially when they build up such a long relationship um, with their goaltender. I mean, not only were were the players, like, sidelined, but, sorry, blindsided, but so, so were the fans. And I mean, the fans, I mean, the, the game's played for the fans, right? So um, seeing, seeing uh, Johnny... Jonathan Taves upset, kind of upset me and sad. I mean, like, you know, the, he sees it as uh, the GM breaking up the band and giving up on, you know, possibly them having another run. Um, so, yeah, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane have all rights to be upset, and they should be included in conversations. What do you think, Kyle? Do you think players uh, should have that sounding board? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they have it right, and just like Jet said, you know, your star players, I mean, your captain of your team, especially when they've been there for as many years as they have, um, I mean, they have every right. I mean, they've invested just as much as, you know, Crawford has or, or whoever else on, on that team that's been there for a long time, you know. They, they have that right. They have that invested interest in the team, and, and they have 
they have every right to be, you know, like it is a brotherhood. And these teams, don't get it wrong, like these teams, they don't, these guys bond. They're with they're with each other more than with they're with their own families. So you know, guess how you feel if somebody blindsided your wife or your or or your brother or you know what I mean? Like just think of that feeling and how what, how you would feel, and then think of that happening to you know, like a, a Crawford or, or a Taves or whoever, and one of their brothers just being literally shipped out without notice or let go, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So. At the end of the day, I, I'm not going to get mad, especially if it's Taze coming out and, 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 and voicing his opinion. I mean, he has every right. The man's the leader of that team. And I, I think it would be it, it, I think it'd be a little a little eyebrow-raising if he did it. Or somebody did it. Like, you know what I mean? If that just happens and nobody cares, like, so then what does that say about your room or your locker room? So, you know, big on, big on Johnny, you, you know, and, then, you know, voicing the opinion of the team and, and, and you know, and having those – those uh, those thoughts and those opinions, and I mean, I think it's it's perfectly understandable, especially with the with the way the world is nowadays. And and on that note, what is with these teams just blindsiding players lately? Like, I mean, like we heard this story in in Vegas. No, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna get to Vegas in a second. This is all, no, it all it's okay. all tied oh, in together. What on that note? What is with <laughs> teams lately? Like, what is going on here? What happened to the loyalty, especially guys that have played in your franchise for? For multiple years, it's not like it, it happened in Pittsburgh too with Hornquist. Yeah, and it's not like you just sign these guys at a, at a deadline and they've only been on your team for a cup for a, for a playoff run. Like we're talking about guys who have been invested years of their life and their time to be on your team and make your team a, a success. Like we're talking about guys that are winning cups. Like come on, I, I, don't I know, think man. Have to all fired up. Clearly, I need to settle down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Uh, it's a bad excuse me. It's a bad move on GMs because they're going to lose the respect from the players, and then that's just like a domino effect from there. Um, once respect is lost, it moves down right down to the coaches and everything. You, I mean, you got to keep your players happy. Got to communicate with them. It's so important. Well, the reason why I say this is a huge tie-in because obviously we know the situation in Vegas, and we're going to touch on that in a second. I say this about Chicago because a player like Jonathan Taves doesn't do a lot of interviews, doesn't talk about a lot of things that are inside the dressing room or within the team. So when he does, it's a big deal. So you look at that situation in Chicago, and then, yes, Kyle, we'll move over to Vegas, and you look at this. So the Vegas Golden Knights go out and get Alex Petrangelo, but in able to do that move, you have to upheave that entire roster, moving guys like Statsny, moving guys like Schmidt. You still have to make moves to get under the cap, and they're looking at more guys. Plus, the rumors out there that they were going to get Taylor Hall as well. So, a guy like Match Pacioretty would probably be out as well. So, you look at that team. You get all these players to buy in and take amazing deals for lower on the cap because there's less tax in the area. And then you say, hey, guess what? Two years into your long-term deal, you're gone. You're gone. You're out of the door. And I know that, you know, it's a business and you got to look at it with your business lens and all that garbage. But I look at it like this. You get guys to sign on. And that's why more guys are asking for no movement clauses because they want to be able to control the destiny. If they sign in a Tampa or they sign in a Vegas, they sign there because there's no tax and they took less money to do so. So Tampa right now trying to shove Steven Stamkos out the door to wherever, you know, that's kind of trashy too. But to go to Vegas... Vegas now has a very upset team. They bring in this brand new star player in Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, you got the big fish, but guess what? Everybody else in that room might not be so happy about it. And that team might not have, as Jen always preaches, the chemistry they had. And they may not feel the need to want to go and play for one another or maybe not play for that player or whatever. The disgruntledness is there. And then you got Marc-Andre Fleury that you've dangled out there for how long for trades? 
You know, stopped him from being the starter, gave the job to Leonard, gave a big contract to Leonard. Now Leonard's hurt and you have to turn back to the guy you were trying to shove out the door? How motivated is he going to be to want to play there? Come on. Vegas, to me, is getting a crap reputation for the way they treat players. They're getting a reputation as a team that churns them out and doesn't give a crap what you do for the team. They only want to make sure they get the next shiny thing available. I think with Flower, um, he's such a professional that he doesn't, he'll just play. You know what I mean? He'll let it, like, the water run down his back, so to speak. Um but you're absolutely right. I, you you got to treat your players a little bit better. you got to have, like, the front office has to have some integrity towards their players. Um, you can't just do what you said and dangle, like... Dangle everybody. You, you dangle yeah, everybody. You, once you treat someone like crap or you show you, you show your how you value them, that actually inevitably affects their mental game. Right, and this is where we see players that lose confidence in themselves, especially goaltenders. Um, so, I think, I mean, both Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Chicago made some pretty uh, vital mistakes in the on the off season. I guess we'll call it. Yeah, and, the, uh, the freakish off season. I think we're gonna. I mean, like, Vegas is still pretty, pretty stacked pretty well, but I mean, I think we're gonna see. Probably more problems transpire from this, from these. Like, everything always opens doors to other issues, you know what I mean? And then all the issues start to come out, grievances, this, that, and the other. So. Well, before Kyle jumps in, the other thing, too, you look at Vegas, and they had a, a deal in place verbally with Gerard Gallant just before they fired him for a contract extension to be the head coach, right? So, I mean, they, they not only have a history of this with players, but also with coaches and other staff, so... It seems to be rampant right through. Doesn't matter if you're a player, coach, or not. It's all the way through. Absolutely. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, no, no, I know, and, and I fully agree. And you know, when you when it comes, everybody, you know, in free agency, it's the first thing you talk about. All the big guys that are going to be on the market, and who you're going to bring in, and what they're going to do for your team, and you know, it goes back to the same thing we always talk about: it's team chemistry. I mean, if if you can bring in all the talent you want. But if they don't mesh together, if they don't play together, if they don't bond together, they're not going to produce on the ice. So, you know, and and it goes back to the same fact of, you know, like what, what Vegas had to do to get Petrangle. Like, I mean, Nate Schmidt was literally left, you know, <laughs> hey, bud, sorry, thanks for your time, but you got to go now. Like, you know, we, we got a big defenseman. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just, it just seems like loyalty and that and all that stuff is gone out of the, out of the, out of the, like right out the window, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's frustrating because, you know, you get to like playing it. And for fan bases, you get to like guys. And, yes, it's a business. It's a business. I get it. It's a business at the end of the day. But, like, you know, it goes back to the same thing in Chicago. Like, don't these guys have a say? Don't these guys get a right to, you know? And I, and and one thing I will say is there's, there's organizations, organizations out there that bring their guys in and have these conversations with them. Uh, I mean, uh, we know that the Leafs, when they, when they made Tavares captain, like, they brought in Matthews, and they sat him down, and they brought in Marner, and they told him, this, this is what's going to be. This is how it's going to be. This is what we're doing. And, and everybody was on board. And you can see that throughout the team. You know what I mean? But... It just sucks for these other franchises and organizations that are just literally, literally willing to go out and just make the move and not even think about the human side and the human aspect of it. And I mean, it all comes back to I hate to be like you know the the, the bearer of bad news and the you know the, the gloomy day on the nice sunny day here in Ontario, but uh, you know it's just like what what about the mental health and what happens to these guys that you know they 
They don't know. They don't know it's coming. Look like at Crawford's case, Schmidt's like they don't know it's coming. Like I guess you have an idea because it's a business, but at the end of the day, dude, you know, you're not thinking, hey, I've been here. Like I put in my time. Like you know, I still see myself as a value to this roster. And you know, next thing you know, you get the phone call, you're at the door. But yeah, I guess I think that, I, that's the business side of it, and that's what it is. But I don't know. You, you I think Crawford's been on the on the way out for a few years now. Yeah. Though. So I think for for people to be that shocked about it, it's kind of like really. I'm not even a fan yeah. of Chicago, and I'm. So he's, he was there two, three years longer than I expected. Yeah, no, and yeah, and you're fully right. And, I, and, and, and on that aspect, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the fact that, like, yes, you can see these guys from, from a, a year or two out. Like, you know, their time's up. Like, you know but what I mean? It's just for, a matter of For me, of time. it's not just the fact that Crawford went out the door. It's the fact they didn't bring anything of his level to replace it. That's, well, the, that's the, the bigger the issue. And that's what makes me, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. <clears throat> But let's turn the ship just a little bit because there is loyalty. There is a little bit of uh, goodness. And, Jen, you'll like this because it's from your boys in Teal. Um, the GM of the Sharks had a deal with Kevin LeBanc and signed him to a one-year, $1 million deal last year. It was a wink-wink, nudge-dudge, the other contracts in the drawer. And all we see now is Kevin LeBanc had a bad season last year, not a good one, but still no. ended up getting a good contract over four years uh, because he took that team-friendly deal to help the Sharks when they needed it the most. And, you know, Doug Wilson went out and made the right thing, honored the deal that they made, the handshake, the wink, the whatever you want to call it. So there is loyalty in some senses in some teams, but not everybody operates that way. But I'm very happy that the Sharks and Doug Wilson did well by Kevin LeBanc. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I mean, LeBanc, he's got some fire in him. Um, obviously, Doug Wilson, I think it's more than just, like, honoring, you know, uh, a commitment made last year. I think that, you know, you do see something in him. He, in some of the games he's played, he really shines. Uh, I think to say just him had a bad season last year, I think the whole team just sucked, you know, last season um, for the Sharks anyways. So I'm really looking forward to to uh, this season with them. So we're going to run around. Especially with Marlo back. <laughs> yeah, Marlo back for one year, 700K. Cannot wait. I love Patty Marlowe. I wish he's back on the lease. But we're gonna we're gonna go around the circle with some things here. Um, so you look at what's going on right now. The NHL. I don't know if it's them who have floated it, if it's an agent or if it's just the sports networks. But there's this thing about the Canadian division, and then all the other divisions, and kind of being like bubbles and stuff. I'm wondering, guys, what your thoughts are: a on an all Canadian division, and b. Are these divisions going to be within a bubble, or are you going to be able to travel within the division to these teams with fans? I, I don't think the bubble is going to work, because I know a lot of players express uh, unhappiness with that. I mean, they can moderate, uh, like, they can do the travel, but moderate the players, like, keep them, you know, their, their, the masks on or whatever they got to do. Um, as far as the Canadian division, I mean... I like it. It's got a nice ring to it, but I also hate it. So, I mean, I think that they're going to do what they got to do, and who am I to say what they should do or shouldn't do? But I think at the end of the day, they can still do a normal league with travel, with everything. <clears throat> they travel on their own on their own flights, on their own planes. Just make sure everything's clean. Keep their faces covered and, you know, let in a few fans. Keep Make sure they're covered and... You know, this could work. We've gone past it. We've been surviving for how long? Since the end of March. <clears throat> the majority of us are doing okay. So, I mean... Yeah, I think I, the, I the problem is with the travel aspect, though. I mean, with all the teams, 
is the fact that Canada is not backing down on the 14-day quarantine when you come across, whether you're an athlete yeah. or not. So that's the, the problem, border. right? I mean, exactly, in the border. I mean, at the end of the but what day. if they're quarantined within themselves? You know what I mean? Like the quarantine is the team itself. Yeah, but it just you, you can't travel back and forth, so they're going to have to hub it, like no matter what. And uh, oh, right, right, right. To have yeah. them go back and forth every every time a team comes over to play Canada, you got to do you got to be here two weeks early. Like, it just doesn't work, right? And that's why I see that's why I can see it as a viable option, and why the league is probably so why, considering. Why can't they just set it up so that the teams coming across the border play all their games out here, so that they and they're they're here for fourteen days before they go back. Like, yeah, but you have to quarantine for 14 days before you can do anything. Yeah. You have to sit and wait. Like, they can't even practice for 14 days. Like, they have to fucking stay at home. Yeah, they have to stay in a hotel, basically sequestered. They have to be in a hotel room for 14 days, and then they'd be able to go. Yeah, I'll take that. You guys send them over. We'll play them. At least we'll play them after they've sat in a hotel room for 14 days with no practice. But (laughs) the other... might win some playoff Yeah, that's not what I meant. But, I know, um, Jen. I'm just being a <laughs> <laughs> It's just that that's But, they, I mean, like, if it's that big of a deal, then why are we pushing the hockey? Well, because the like, way... I'm sorry, but a Canadian division is going to be boring as shit. Well, you look yeah. at it like this. The other problem with the Canadian division, I raised this today because Jamie Anstey put it out there, you know, wondering um, what we all thought about the fact that there may be a Canadian division. And my biggest concern is the time zones, the time difference from East Coast to West Coast. It's going yeah, to be hard for these teams to play each other Wherever, if it's not in a bubble and you're allowing travel within Canada for these teams to go and play one another, so you got Toronto then traveling over to Vancouver or Vancouver traveling to Toronto, and you're doing that, what, I don't know, each team would probably play each other 10 to 11 times maybe? So you're you're adding all that factor in. It's just not going to work. There's too much travel. There's the reason the bubble why. idea is the best idea. But, again, you just said the players don't want to do a bubble idea. So are they going to are they going to tell the players, hey, here's what we'll do for you. We will give you the Olympics if you guys go into the bubble. That's what I see happening. I think it was already said the Olympics are happening. Uh, no, really what, no, what they said was they will explore the possibility. It's right in the Memorandum of Understanding. They will explore the possibility of going to the Olympics next year. Not that I they will go. I literally wrote an article about Gary Bettman saying, I wrote this, I don't know, months ago, about Gary Bettman saying that the, the players will be going to China. If you look up the, the Memorandum of Understanding and even listen to Elliot Friedman, it says the NHL will explore the possibility of going. Nothing is definitive. I hate Gary Bettman. <laughs> That's why he's a lawyer, right? Because it makes everybody feel like, okay, he, he said it, now we're going. You know. But I guess the wording is, and I thought we were going too, but I got shut down hard, and it was, they will explore the possibilities of going. So now they can dangle that carrot. Hey, guys, if you want to play... You play in the bubble, and we'll let you go to the Olympics, which is kind of oh, so stupid. Let's treat the so we'll let like you. Children. That's what they're gonna right. do. They're gonna. Well, it's it's awesome. like any workplace, right? Any workplace, if they want something out of someone, what do they do? They figure out what that person wants, and they dangle the carrot, whether it's time off or raise. Well, it, it is, but at the same time, it's it's a negotiating tactic, right? Because it's something that they they want, and something the NHL doesn't want. So we'll concede on our side if you concede on your side. Go in the bubble. Yeah, we'll go I, to the Olympics. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but that's the only bargaining chip I see the NHL having. They don't have anything else. They've already said that the players will be making 72% of their, their pay next season. So that's already in stone. Players are already taking a pay cut. So they already got that. That concession's there. 
So what else do they have to offer the players to go into a bubble again? The Olympics. Just play the game of hockey. Literally, uh, to do their job. I mean, like, they have to use a bargaining chip here. Like, we, we have these players that are under contract to play. I mean, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to law school. Got to go. But I mean, you look at the you look at these contracts, though, and who knows what the contracts say? Because we I'm not privy to one. I didn't get to read one with a fine tooth comb. But I mean, there may be things in there that say, you know, under extenuating circumstances, this doesn't apply or that doesn't apply, or the need to play games because of whatever doesn't apply. You know, there's always fine tooth or fine details, and maybe oh, that's why the NHL had the opt out when they did the bubble the first time because it probably was in guys' contracts that they can't mandate you to go. You have to allow no, them to I, I believe that 100% because, you know what, There's, I've seen things in contracts that shouldn't be in contracts, like how the player lives their life and who they associate with and so on and so forth. So, yeah. uh, but, but I mean, you look sense. at all this, I look at the fact, yeah. I want hockey to come back. Again, we're in this conversation again, I feel like we just did this. But I want hockey to come back. But I want hockey to come back when it can be normal. And I know I don't yeah. mean the new normal. I mean we have vaccines and everybody can go to a game, et cetera, et cetera. Because you listen to Eugene Melnick saying, "Oh, we should be able to be have six thousand fans in the building come February." Well, where are you pulling that number out of your ass? Like, where'd you find well, that? They've got that happening at uh, NFL stadiums across America now. Yeah, but look at America. Look at all these. Look at all these NFL teams that are playing in these buildings that have people in them, and how many teams are testing positive, and now you're delaying games. I'm, I'm looking at it out here. We have the we have the queue going, but we just had to shut down half of the queue because they can't play in Quebec, but the Maritime Division gets to keep going. I can go to a, a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League game tonight with 2,000 fans in the stands, and we don't have any cases. You know, But you go to these other places that have cases, why would you want to allow fans to come in and, and take that well, risk? Yeah, yeah you can't. And no team's going to cancel. I mean, they're not going to want to be liable for it, and they don't want it to... I mean, it's just—it's a mess. Like, either, like you could—you could argue both sides and why you should and why you shouldn't. Like, I mean, it, they're both—you know—I mean, yes, COVID. You know, you probably shouldn't. In all reality, if, if COVID's a risk in your area, you probably shouldn't be—you know—in a rink or a football stadium or whatever the case may be with ten thousand fans or two thousand fans, whatever the, the case is, right? But I mean, it just—it sucks, and I mean. When you go, when you, like, I mean, at the end of the day, the fans are part of the game and they're part of the atmosphere. And, you know, for these guys not to have that, it's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different game to them, and it's a whole different challenge they have to overcome. Sure, they're pros. Sure, they'll figure it out. But, I mean, it's, especially fans. Like, I mean, fans, they pay a lot of money to go to these games, and they pay a lot of money to have season tickets. And they, I mean, you know, who do you side with? At the end of the day, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate for everybody, and, the pandemic and what what can you do? You can't get mad at a virus, but um, I mean, I, I just like I'm like I want, I'm itching like you know James like you say you can go to a QMJHL game you know and, and, and I'm like I'm jealous. I, I would I, like at this point in my life I would go just because I'm like itching for some real life black sport. hockey. Yeah, some atmosphere. Just the atmosphere. Hearing the beer come pouring into the cups, like, man, I miss all that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like the sound of the actual hockey rink. But it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, would you really want to put yourself in that position? And, you know, now you're looking in Ontario, they're saying, well, you can play hockey, but you can't have contact. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> so what are, what are we doing here? Like, uh, well, I mean, you can do that minor hockey, like, you know, like, like leagues that don't have contact. You, you can limit, you, you can limit, it's, 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 it's no, 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 no meaning. 
still here, right? But at the end of the day, I'm like, what are you going to, from, from basically peewee up, what are you doing? Like, you can't, like, these kids run into each other just because of the speed of the game. Like, what do you mean? So you're going to, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm like, well, there goes hockey in Ontario. So Listen, there's, won't be saying the there's a new set of penalties coming out for you guys, okay? It's called two minutes for touching. Okay. <laughs> the, next, the next rule is going to be you're going to have to stay a stick length away from the other team. Like, well, okay. Well, hey, hey. Shootouts only and no close spinorama dekes by the goaltender. If you touch the goalie, if you touch the goalie, it's two, five, and ten. You're gone. <laughs> it's crazy. It, no, it's. friend. Listen, you know what? Things will. Things will get better. And you know, let's, let's swerve the conversation a little bit. There's a lot of fun stuff still to get to. Um, one fun thing is uh, Toronto's pursuit of one Joe Thornton. Um, <laughs> you know, he uh, it, apparently it's down to the Sharks and it's down to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would love to see him go to the Sharks. I don't want him on the Leafs. Um, I think we've already signed. A, hey, I'm not bashing him. I just think we've already signed enough players. For our bottom six, honestly, everybody if you have... wants Joe Thornton. If you don't want Joe Thornton on your team, then there's something wrong here. Because I want five years ago Joe Thornton. I don't want. I don't want. Fair I... enough, but you, you said yourself you like Patrick Marlowe. Well, I love Patty. Say... I love Patty. Right. Well, Joe Thornton's like Patrick Marlowe intensified. Okay. Um, his leadership and what he what he brings to the table. I, I mean, he's still still a good hockey player. Not what he once was, but I mean. <laughs> but what? Good for the team. But what is Joe Thornton's expectations, honestly, on a team? Does he want power play cookies? Like, what do you what I do you want? I, he's. I, I know for certain he'll take a pay cut to play. Hundred percent. Joe Thornton plays to play. I mean, like I could see him. I mean, isn't he over in in Sweden or somewhere over there playing for free right now? Yeah. Well, he's got dual Literally. citizenship for for Switzerland or whatever. He's actually yeah. a. He's a Swiss citizen, so he, he can play over there and not count as a roster spot as an import. So, yeah, he's yeah. over there playing for free to get in shape and get ready. Okay, but that still shows a lot about who he is. Now that I've said that, any team would be lucky to have him, even if it's just for a season. Where are his chances going further in the playoffs if, between the two teams, Sharks and, and Toronto? I mean, I, I'm leaning towards Toronto because they've kind of beefed up a little bit, but then again, it's Toronto. And they can have all the right pieces and just still come up short. So with Patrick Marlowe going back to San Jose, I mean, I mean, like, it's as soon, kind of like a dynasty. As soon as Patty signed in San Jose, both of you know in your heads that's where Joe Thornton was going to go. It doesn't yeah. matter that he hasn't signed. I know that Patty 100%. went back there. Those two are, 100%. that's Batman and Robin, I'm man. I'm not 100% on that. I'm not 100% on that. I think Joe and, and Patrick would sit down and just, Face talk or Zoom talk and have a conversation and say, "Buddy, like, you think you got one more season in you? Because I wouldn't mind going to play for Toronto. Like, I, I there's going to be a conversation because I mean, a lot of players that have come from where's where's Thornton from? He's from Southern Ontario, right? I think Sudbury, isn't it? I want to say Sudbury or Owen Sound or something like that. Okay, well he's oh, from Ontario. Area. Most 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 Ontario-born players want to play for the Blue and White. They grew up watching it, you know." Just the opportunity to step out. Most obviously wanted to play for, at the Maple Leaf Garden. But, like, it's still an itch that these players have. I mean, you've seen it in Wayne Simmons. You've seen it in John Traveris. It's still there. And at the end of the day, it's their career, right? But do I – who – let me ask you guys this, okay? With Joe Thornton going back to San Jose, 
who's going to make the who's going to have more success in this following season, pushing right through to the off, uh, postseason playoffs? No bias. What between Toronto and San Jose? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll say this, and this is no bias. I can give you a breakdown of why I say this. I would say Toronto. I would say Toronto <laughs> on the fact that goaltending. I would say the the goaltending of the Sharks is not solid. Eric Carlson is down to one ankle. He can't turn right to defend. Uh, I thought he was healthy again. He was good to go. Doesn't matter. Even when he is healthy, you, you they did it on Hockey Night in Canada. When he was healthy, he was getting beat to that one side with his repaired ankle that Matt Cook took off. You know, so he he can't well, I pivot think we that way. Put in a wager. Oh, I'll put a wager. I will put a wager. I'll even let it wait until until like you know just before just before the playoffs start. No, no, no. I'll put I'll put my wager down right now. I'll, I'll bet you twenty bucks that Toronto will go further not only in the season but in the playoffs than the San Jose Sharks. I'll even double down and say the San Jose Sharks don't make the playoffs. Ooh. <laughs> this got serious, guys. And, and not because I don't like the San Jose Sharks. I love Logan Couture. I love what Evander Kane was able really? to do when he got there. I like the okay. fact that I look I look at Carlson and I love Burnsy. Who doesn't love Burnsy? I hope you also like being wrong because trust me, oh. after what happened in 2016-16 with the Sharks and their fall apart last season, there's still so much fire in this team and I you know what? Father time waits for no man. And the San Jose okay. Sharks are tell old. That, tell that to tell that to uh uh Yager. I mean yeah, but you look at Yager, but you look at Yager, okay? You look at what Yager had to do to get prepared, and he still wasn't dominant when he came back. He was serviceable. He could be a guy that would keep the puck in the ozone for you and and protect it. But he I'm wasn't. I'm gonna get ripped apart for this anyways because you're you're a Leaf fan and you cater to a Leaf. No, no, Leaf, no, 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 no. You know, but you know what? Don't 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 rule out the Sharks because they have something to prove. Much like Tampa last year when they got swept. Came yeah. back and won the cup this year. Yeah. Now I know it's it's different. It's different because they're a better team. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But just I I, I wouldn't rule rule out a team just because, you know. Hey, hey, you're you're preaching to the choir because you just mentioned Tampa, who was embarrassed last year by a certain Columbus Blue Jackets team. And may I put up a flag and say that Toronto Maple Leafs just suffered the same fate. So they have a lot to prove themselves as well. So there's a, they're both motivated teams. That's why this bet is so much better because it's two teams that should want to do well this season. Well, and you got and you got guys that are nearing end of deals and, and you know guys that are coming back for one year at a time. I mean, if you want to win with these guys, you got to do it now. Like there's no holding back. So uh, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I I don't I. I the Sharks, uh, you know, to your guys' bet, in my opinion, the Sharks will scrape in on the playoffs. I think they'll get in. Um, are they going to be a team to be reckoned with? No. Well, uh, we don't even know the divisions right now. So we well, can... no, I'm not there, too. But, I, I, like, you know, just on veteran presence, hey, and, Jen, you know, I mean, they're there. The Jen, San Jose Sharks, yeah, they had an off year, but they're tight. Like, you know, consistently they're there every year. And, and you know, they, they battle, and they're always finding a way to get in. So, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, you got to assume that, you know, with, with the talent they have and what they have, if they can put it together, they're going to be, you know, fight, fighting at least at the bottom. So, but then you go you go to the Leafs, and I mean, I, I, we do this every year. And, it's, you know, on paper, this team could be a, a, a conference final contender, at least, at the minimum. 
But you they, know, they should uh, have been a couple years ago. Yeah, and then that's what I mean. They say this every year. Like we said this year, we got the year after we got Matthews. Like that year, we made the playoffs when Matthews. We, we didn't make it. Well, we were a young team. We didn't. We didn't even plan to. And then you know, the, it the, the, it got serious, and you have to pr- produce, and we're not producing. So at the end of the day, do you sit here and say, "Oh, the Leafs are going to go far"? I don't know because they had every freaking talent they needed and every skill that they needed, but they can't put it together to get to the playoffs. So I don't. Hey Kyle, I want to ask you something, man. When did you become a politician? <laughs> oh, Holy smokes! Over you're you're yeah. playing you on both sides of the fence. You're on both sides of the fence. Holy smokes! Listen, this guy ain't taking no sides. Gambling already, James, because it seems that I'm going to be wearing a freaking weird outfit and doing an an off-site prediction season video in the near future. So, listen, you don't even start with me. This is a whole other discussion, and you went in on this dark hole. So, all the best to the both of you. All the best to the both of you. I'm going to sit back and enjoy this one because it's going to be a good show. You know what? uh, I I I hope as a Leaf fan that they do. Go farther than the <laughs> I, I I pick uh, I pick for the politician to do his little dancing video at the beginning of the season. I want him to announce the bet while doing the dance and singing. You oh, happy birthday at the same time. Get out of hand real quick. <laughs> Outside followers and listeners, look out! This is gonna get uh, this. We're gonna have to put the rated R uh, rated R message on there or something because it's probably not gonna be good for everybody. <laughs> Jesus Murphy, listen. I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it like this, guys. I want the San Jose Sharks to make it because obviously we have a you know a softy for the Sharks on there that you know, and I also want the Pittsburgh Penguins to do well because we have a a softy for the Pens on here. But we want Toronto to do well because you know why? They pay for those teams that can't do well. I want the, I want the Leafs to do well too. Don't forget, it's my hometown. I grew up on the Leafs, and you know you've got some players on there. Nylander's one of my favorite players in the league. And, uh, Whoa, slap, what's saying that? The, the slack that guy gets from your fan base. Like, oh, I know. Oh, my God. Like, do you, do you not realize how good he is? Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man, that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, like, everybody's, like, they're, like, they're putting, comparing William Nylander to past players, and, like, I'm just, my, my head's spinning, and I mean, like, I really hope Nylander, and I know he doesn't, but I hope he stays off social media because, or he's got like you know, Rocky Balboa type uh, mentality because uh, <laughs> you guys are harsh. Not you two specifically, but listen, I look at William Nylander, and I I always look at this for a player. What do you look for in a player? You want a player each year to get better, to you know go better in the standings with their stats, to become a more well-rounded player. And you learned it from Matthews watching Crosby videos all summer long to be better at the face-off dot. You see Nylander, though, every single year. He's gotten bigger. He's bulked up. His point totals have gotten better. You know, he had the lockout or whatever you want to call that year where he had the contract problem. Well, I'm sorry to say, but if you took that much time off, you wouldn't be doing good at your job either. So park your biscuits and enjoy the fact that you have a good player. But ladies and gentlemen, this has already been almost 40 minutes of awesome talk. So, is there anything else anybody wants to bring to the table? Uh, I, I want to say, too, uh, on the free agency, because I missed it last week, that Kyle Dubas did a good job. And uh, he does get a little Whoa. bit of hate. Thank God, that's too. But he, he, I was really impressed with, uh, with uh, how he managed for free agency. That's it. 
No, I, we, I, I just, I, I just want to add to that. Did you guys? Uh, I guess, well, you know, I listen to uh, TSN ten fifty out here, and uh, I was listening to Leaf Lunch, and uh, Mr. Craig J. Button was on the show. He was talking with uh, Andy Petrella, and uh, he said Cup contender, and he he yelled at it. I mean, he's pretty adamant with the moves that DBC made and what what what's still left on the table and what can be done. If they put it together, it seems uh, the team's got got some grit and it's got some skills. So hopefully we can uh, we can make a push. I got excited, so I just wanted to add that. that that's out there. I will uh, <laughs> I will close the thoughts with this, ladies and gentlemen. You look at the fact of what's happening with the NHL and the cap. Ninety point five percent of all caps are allocated already across the National Hockey League. So the total amount of cap space that is available for all thirty one teams, ninety point five percent of that is already allocated. So there's less than 10% left for all of the players on the market. So you are going to see in the coming weeks some seriously good players on some seriously valued deals. I look at Travis Hamannick for one, and I really hope the Toronto Maple Leafs take a run at him and get him on a one-year cheap deal because a lot of these players are going to take it. And that 900k they gave Jimmy VC, they offered the same deal to Connor Sheary and Vlad Domestikov as well. Oh, I love Connor Sherry. So you think about all those players that are out there, right? So, I mean, this is going to get crazy in the next little bit because all these players want a chair, and there's not many chairs to be had. So you're going to see some real value deals, I think, and a lot of teams bulking up and getting some solid players on the old cheap, and I can't wait to see what happens. But it's going to look like Columbus and Montreal, which is real freaking scary for the Leafs. Yes, indeed. All right, guys, well, I want to say thank you again for sitting down, chatting her out on a Friday, and this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.